This is Express FM. Supported by Portsmouth College. We are passionately pumping. New beginnings, look forward, work together to create a Portsmouth football club that we can all be proud to be associated with. Pure, unadulterated pumping. It's a massive club, it's a massive opportunity for me. I know this atmosphere is special. I can't wait to see a full house and it rocking. Action and reaction. This is a huge football club. We're here to be hopefully successful. The infrastructure is changing, so really we want to start pushing forward and making Portsmouth a real force. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's a club with a rich tradition, a rich heritage, but one that has an excellent relationship with its supporters. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out, that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate, is Portsmouth. Back-to-back wins for Pompey, who aren't giving up without a fight. Raggett has it, cries of shoot. I'm not sure he's going to do that. He will on his left foot. It's fumbled. Curtis will put it in. And Pompey have the lead again. Pompey three, Lincoln two. George Hurst was on target from the spot before Michael Jacobs curled in an immaculate free kick. But then Lincoln clawed their way back to two all. And the Blues needed a strike of fortune with the ball falling to Ronan Curtis from two yards out to snatch the winner in what was a tightly contested game at Fratton Park. Blue centre-back Sean Raggett will try and claim the assist for the match winner. We'll hear from him on tonight's programme. We had a really busy schedule and when we went to 2 it could have been easy to go under and that's not the tough group we've got. We showed some spirit and got that third goal and got the win. As well as head coach Danny Cowley, who praises the character shown by his side on Friday afternoon. We didn't make it easy for ourselves and we knew that we were going to find the last 20 minutes difficult with the schedule that we've had. But for the players to dig deep and find a way was really impressive. We've got full reaction to come of Pompey's victory over Lincoln City, as well as a preview of tomorrow's trip to Morecambe, right here on 93.7 Express FM. You're listening to The Football Hour. This is The Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Good evening and welcome on this Easter Sunday to The Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, brought to you this season by Stagecoach South. Driving you through Hampshire and along the South Coast with a minimum of fuss. Find out more information over at stagecoachbus.com. Over the next hour or so, we'll be picking apart the talking points from Pompey's win over Lincoln City on Good Friday, as well as taking a look ahead to tomorrow's game against Morecambe. We'll hear the thoughts of Henry Deacon and Sam Macy very soon. But first, we'll take you back to Friday afternoon, when the Blues made it back-to-back victories at Frasson Park. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shooting scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You wouldn't believe it! Pompey Live. Portsmouth against Lincoln City in League One. And Lincoln have got the ball just inside their own penalty area. And Jackson will send it forward out towards the right-hand side. And that's good acceleration shown by Paul getting well forward to Pompey's penalty area. There's a chance for Lincoln to deliver and Pompey have switched off and they get away with it. Lincoln with a glorious chance inside the first 30 seconds, which is quite badly missed in there by Lewis Theorini. And here's O'Brien and Jacobs 40 yards out. Looking for Hurst, edge of the penalty area. Couldn't find him. Jacobs might go himself. Blocked again. Harness lays it off. Tunnicliffe touch. Four in the middle to deliver. What can he do? Low to the near post. Lincoln scrambling out the box. Thompson cries of shoot. He will hit it. Deflected. And wide of the post for a corner kick. Oh, it falls kindly for Harness to drive towards the penalty area. Lays it off. Carter back to Harness. Jacobs trying to get a shot away. Too many yellow shirts there. 
and Pompey just can't quite work the opening. Oh, that is sloppy, and that's going to be a Pompey penalty. An absolute gift, a really silly foul on Michael Jacobs, and really out of nowhere, Portsmouth have earned themselves a spot kick and a great chance to take the lead. Referee blows his whistle, George Hurst from the penalty spot in front of the fratted end, steps up, hits it right footed and scores! Underneath the goalkeeper, not the best penalty you'll ever hit, but it finds the back of the net, it breaks the deadlock, it's Portsmouth 1, Lincoln City 0. Jacobs is lining this one up. There's no one else around him. There's four in the Lincoln wall. It's 25 yards out, inside left channel. Whistle goes. Jacobs takes it and scores a magnificent goal. Wonderful free kick from Michael Jacobs. Past the wall, past the despairing dive of Jordan Wright. And Pompey double their lead. Three quarters into this game. Quarter two, Lincoln nil. All danger. Pompey opened up at the other end. Great chance for Lincoln. And they've got one back immediately. How easily Portsmouth cut open there and Ted Bishop with the outside of his right foot has just passed it into the far corner. Pompey completely opened up. Portsmouth 2, Lincoln 1. And now Lincoln overload on that left-hand side and Robson drives forward. He's got Scully on the overlap. Early ball in. It's a good one and a chance and it's an equaliser. Lincoln have got themselves level and Ben House has scored his first goal for Lincoln. Seconds after coming on, Pompey looking for a flag on this near side. It hasn't come. And Portsmouth have thrown away a two-goal lead. Portsmouth two, Lincoln City two. Curtis moves it along the edge of the penalty area and Raggett has it. Cries of shoot. I'm not sure he's going to do that. He will on his left foot. It's fumbled. Curtis will put it in. And Pompey have the lead again. Raggett's effort. Fumbled by the goalkeeper. And Ronan Curtis is on hand to get his ninth of the season and re-establish Portsmouth's lead. Pompey three, Lincoln two. In it comes, deep towards the far post. Robertson goes high, wins the header, and then Curtis launches a Portsmouth counter-attack. Tunnicliffe pumping his arms and legs in the middle to try and get through. Curtis, he can't find Tunnicliffe with the pass. And Lincoln will be able to clear it. And another great chance to end it goes Begis. It doesn't matter, though, because the final whistle has gone here at Fratton Park. And Portsmouth have beaten Lincoln City by three goals to two. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. The highlights there from Friday afternoon's 3-2 victory over Lincoln City at Fratton Park. Let's take a look at some of the other results from Good Friday then. Accrington, Stanley and Burton Albion were goalless at the WAM Stadium. It finished Charlton 2, Morecambe 3, Cheltenham 2, Gillingham 2, Crew 3, AFC Wimbledon 1, Doncaster Rovers 1, Bolton Wanderers 2, Fleetwood 2, Oxford United 3, Sunderland 3, Shrewsbury Town 2 and Wickham Wanderers 2, Plymouth Argyle 0 and of course Pompey 3, Lincoln City 2. Plenty of 3-2 scorelines across League 1 uh, on Friday afternoon. OK, let's welcome in my two guests for this evening's discussion to review all of the action from Fratton Park on Friday. First and foremost, we've got our very own over the white line pre- uh, presenter. Henry Deacon. Henry, good afternoon. Very good evening, Jake. How are we? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, great win for Pompey on Friday, Henry. Back-to-back victories. Uh, six goals scored in the last two matches. Quite the turnaround after that. What was a disappointing defeat at Cheltenham last Saturday? Indeed, but first and foremost, happy Easter, everyone, as well. Mm. Uh, that goes about saying, first and foremost. I mean, after Cheltenham the other week, obviously I didn't see too much of that game because I was working on 
and other things, but you can kind of get the feeling around the place that it just felt, it almost felt like the season, well, the season was done and it just, you then the games afterwards has that, that, that can have that low ebb feeling. And I think the feeling going into Tuesday night in Rotherham was, one of, well, what are we going to see now? You know, now it looks like we kind of know what our destiny, what our fate is, what we're going to see. And the response was always going to be key. And the response was good on Tuesday night. I think it'll always feel flatter towards the end of the season, no matter how good or bad a performance is. But it was a very good performance. I think it's about backing it up. Again, yesterday, I thought the first half, and we'll probably talk about it in a bit more detail in a little bit, was on both sides, poor. It wasn't great. There was hardly anything happening. But then the second half, I don't know what happened, but some kind of blue touch paper lit. And I think it tested a lot of Pompey's character. You know, you go 2-0 up, then you get pegged back, comes back to 2-2. To two, two, and then you're wondering, well, how are we going to respond from that? And we respond by going 3-2 up. And then you, you hold out for the victory. So I think there was a lot of character testing in that game yesterday, especially in the second half. And, and Pompey overcame it. I just think the, the frustrating thing is that if only we could have seen that one or two more times all season, we could be talking about a bit more than just jostling for position in around the top half. Uh, alongside you tonight, Henry, we've got Sam Macy joining us, calling in from back home. Sam, good evening. Great to have you on the show. Good to be here, Jake. Uh, as always, thanks for having me back on the show. Uh, uh, really following on from what Henry was saying there, uh, a great reaction from Pompey at Fratton Park over the last few days. Of course, victories over Rotherham and Lincoln City at PO4, but really emphasising the frustration that if they could have done that throughout most of the season or you know, been a little bit more consistent with their performances because we know there's a team in there. We know that on their day that this Pompey side can beat anyone in this division. But we just we just haven't seen it quite so often enough to be able to mount a proper promotion push. And that's the frustrating thing, I think, as a Pompey fan. Oh, massively. I think the only thing which has been consistent about Pompey this season is how inconsistent they've been. It's sort of, it's streaky. It's, it's three wins here followed by three losses. It's, it's very much been up and down this season and it's, it's something which, which needs to be addressed in the summer and sort of to get to get the consistencies ready for next season. Um, I say that the, the last week's been very good, the Rotherham performance and obviously the, 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 um, the Lincoln performance as well. But then for every performance you put in like Rotherham, you put a Cheltenham in, which we had this time last weekend. So it's, 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 it's frustrating. Um, hopefully we can, we can change that in the summer um, and next season we can get a bit more consistency. What does that tell you, Henry, that Pompey need in this summer transfer window? Because like, like we mentioned, we know that there is a team in there. We know that on their day they can they can perform very, very well against some very good sides, like you know, Rotherham United and although Lincoln's position on the table might not say so, they're still a, a half decent team in, in, in this League One. Does personnel need to change as much as maybe many are suggesting, or is it just a change of sort of mentality around the squad? Experience. That's what's needed in there. Mm. Um, any team that does well at the top of that league, they have experienced heads that you can call upon, rely upon at the crucial moments. And I sometimes look at that team and you think in moments in games and moments in seasons that can redefine it, you want one cool experienced head or two cool experienced heads that you can call upon in those scenarios that gets the best out of the inexperienced players, that gets the best out of everyone and drags you over the line. Sometimes in games you don't deserve to get anything from or in games that are massive, and again, may not deserve to get something from, but you get something out of. Um, I sometimes look at that team and think, where's that real big bit of experience? You've got players that have been there, like Sean Raggett, Conor Ogilvy, but you haven't got someone that I would pinpoint as an experienced campaigner, someone who's done it, who's done it year in, year out, knows what it's all about. 
And any great side needs one or two talismanic figures like that. And I just, I just look at that squad and think there's, there's leaders, absolutely there's leaders, but we haven't got that one figure yet that we can rely upon on a big, big mm. game or on a big, big occasion to say he's the one that comes up trumps. And I think that's been the difference between us being a, a playoff contender and being where we are now personally. Interesting comments from Henry Deacon there. If you want to get in touch with the show from back home, you can, whether you agree with Henry, whether you disagree, or whether you've got something else you want to add to the show, whether it's a score prediction as well for tomorrow's trip to Morecambe. All the usual ways, 81400 is the number to text. Start your messages with the word express. You can email Pompey at expressfm.com, include at expressfm on Twitter, or find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Well, more from myself, Henry and Sam coming up uh, in just a few moments' time. But first, let's hear the post-match thoughts of Sean Raggett. He caught up with Max Watton on the touchline after the full-time whistle on Friday. Rags, a 3-2 victory against his former club. How was it to play out there? Yeah, you know, I think uh, we made hard work of that. Um, you know, I think we started the game really well and then, you know, end of the first half, I think maybe we came up a little bit. But then again, we started the, the, the second half really well and... And then, yeah, just a couple of sloppy goals we gave away, that, that makes it difficult. But in fairness to the group, you know, um, we've had a really busy schedule and when we went to 2-all, it could have been easy to go under. And, you know, that's, that's, that's not the type of group we've got. We, we showed some spirit and, and, and got that third goal and got the win. Yeah, how much does it say about the team's character that you managed to go forward and get that third goal? Yeah, I think it says a lot, you know, because, like I said, like, it's, it has been a tough schedule. We're not looking for excuses, but, you know, I think some... It was easy to, to sort of use that excuse and, and, and go under in that moment, but we didn't. We we, we pushed on and, and got that third goal, thankfully. Yeah, talking about that third goal, are you going to take the assist for that one? <laughs> I'll, try, I'll try to. <laughs> um, yeah, no, don't don't find myself in them positions very often, So, but no, it's good follow-up from, from Rowan. Good, good goal, yeah. And obviously that that's that one done. How are you going to go into Monday now? Obviously, like you say, it's a busy schedule, so how are you going to recover and, and prepare for Morecambe? Yeah, you know, we're all we're all we're all professional, we'll we'll recover well and you know they had a good result today, didn't they, Morecambe? They're they're a dangerous side even though they're, they're sort of down near the bottom in the league, they've got some some good players, um and they'll be fighting for their lives. So, you know, I think it's gonna be a real tough game and you know, we need to bring our A game for sure. Sean Raggett there speaking following Friday's 3-2 victory over Lincoln City at Fratton Park. And Sam, just before we heard that interview, Henry was talking about the lack of leaders or the lack of experienced head, heads within this Pompey team. Sean Raggett is arguably one of few members of this current squad that can provide that kind of factor that Henry's on about there. Yeah, massively. I think Sean Raggett this year has been, been one of our players of the season. I think probably players who haven't been loan players. I think he's probably been our best player. Um, I think he's been very consistent. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's not dipped below a six out of six or seven out of 10. There's, he's not putting any, any stinker performances like, like a lot of other members of the squad have. Um, I think he's been, he's been missed consistent for us in the heart of that back three. Um, and I say, uh, hopefully if the reports are, are believed to be true, then, then he does get a new contract and, and, and he's going to be here um, for, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, uh, we got a tweet here from uh, Tom Clark. He says, "No chance of the playoffs." I agree. Bazunu was class on Friday. Definite man of the match. I think we're going to win three 0 against Morecambe. Bring on next season. Got to sign George Hurst. Uh, and on the subject of George Hurst, Henry, we'll we'll go back to the game on Friday in chronological order, starting, of course, with 
George Hurst's opening goal of the game. It came in the second half to, after what was a pretty drab first 45 minutes at Fratton Park for both sides. Very end-to-end, but no real cutting edge in the final third for either team. But George Hurst uh, stepping up from the penalty spot, called and collected for his 11th goal of the season. Definite foul on Michael Jacobs, but a word on George Hurst. He's had a great campaign, hasn't he? Absolutely, and I think there was one or two people perhaps at the start of this season that had a few question marks about him. But he's one of those players that when he got the opportunity, he more than took it. And the game for me that stood out, and I know a lot of people mentioned the Crystal Palace game uh, in the EFL Trophy. It was a game that we covered together up at Wickham. Hmm. Um, John Marquis was injured and he gets his opportunity. And I think we were wondering, you know, because he hasn't played much in terms of league football, how's he going to react to this environment? Because we know what Wickham are all about. They're, they're, they're an imposing team, physical side. I know he played them in pre-season because I, I did the game. Um, but he came on and for me, he was by far and away the man of the match. His, his hold-up play was excellent. Against a team like Wickham, you need to do. He had all facets of the game. And I think the confidence he took from that, and he's kind of built that on as the season goes on. And we look at it now, and if we were to have a, if we were to have a poll for player of the season, he had to put it into a top three. George Hurst is in the top three for me. He's been absolutely superb all season. I said yes, uh, yesterday, Friday, get completely lost Easter weekend. Um, Friday, Good Friday felt like Saturday. Um, as I said to the people sat next to me, if I'm looking at loan players that realistically can sign on, because we know we're not going to get Gavin Bazunu next year, I, I can see him playing championship level minimum. George Hurst has got to be the first you, you bang on the door to get a contract from and, and say to Leicester, we want him. Yeah, he, he's, he's class, absolutely class. Headers, thank you. We'll be back with yourself and Sam again soon after this very quick break. After which we'll hear what Danny Cowley had to say after Friday's game. We suffered a lot in that game, but we showed a lot of character, a lot of determination, a lot of grit, a lot of resilience. And when you can't be perfect technically and tactically, make sure you leave it all out there. And we did that, and as a consequence, we found a way of winning. We'll be back for part two of tonight's show in just a few moments' time. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back to the Football Hour here on Express FM, brought to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. You can head to their website, stagecoachbus.com, for more information on timetable information and fare updates as well in your area. This evening, I'm joined alongside uh, Henry Deacon and Sam Macy to review all of the action from Pompey's Good Friday victory over Lincoln City at Fratton Park. And a little later on, we'll come on to preview tomorrow's clash with Morecambe at the Mazuma Stadium. I'm going to come back uh, to Sam. Uh, uh, you know, before the break, Sam, we were talking about George Hurst. We'd, we heard from Sean Raggett as well after the game on Friday afternoon. George Hurst, Henry saying, has got to be the number one priority in the summer transfer window for Danny Cowley. Do you agree with that? Oh, massively. I think um, if you look at if you look at our squad now, we the, if we're going to be playing this system for the, um, the prolonged prolong period of time, we need that striker who can do do a bit of everything. And I think George Hurst, especially with that performance against Rotherham, has shown that he, he's got the pace to lead the line. We know that his aerial ability, especially thinking back to that, that away game against Crew with the two headers he scored um, a couple of months ago. Um, I think I think he's got the the mentality as well based off the, the start of the season which he had. And I think he'd, he'd be a brilliant sign-in. I think the wages might be a bit of an issue, obviously, playing for Leicester, being, um, being a Premier League, on Premier League wages. But... I say, if we can get him on loan for another season with, with possibly a view view to a, a permanent signing, then that that would be amazing. I think I think 
I don't think you're going to get many better better strikers at League One level than George Hurst, especially with the form he's shown over the last um, the last couple of months at the turn of the year. Yeah, uh, George Hurst, of course, scoring for penalty on Friday, then on the 50th minute, on the 68th minute, uh, Michael Jacobs uh, scoring directly from a free kick uh, towards the Fratton end. Henry, ugh, what a free kick that was! What a strike! Immaculate curls right into the corner. It wasn't top bins or anything. But it just, it was aesthetically pleasing just the way it nestled into the back of the net. And like I say, fantastic strike from what, 25 yards out? Yeah, I can't repeat why I actually said when it went in on air. Yeah, that was how good a free <laughs> kick it was. Um, as you say, it was aesthetically pleasing. It was a fantastic strike. And, and at that point, you're thinking, tune it up. Here we go. Hopefully now, and we'll go on obviously to the next bits in a minute. But in terms of the free kick, the technique was beautiful. Struck as sweet as a nut. Um, it's it's one of those free kicks when when they're taken as well as that, they're the sorts of ones that if you're if you've got a kid and they want to start playing football and they want to be a midfielder and they want to take free kicks things like that, those are the videos on YouTube that you show them. This is how you strike a ball, mm. absolutely perfect, absolutely plump, and a fantastic goal. And I think I think in a in a game which was beginning to become an end of season affair. It just it, yeah, that was the lit lighting up of the blue touch paper. Fratter went wild, and it was just a special, special moment, special, yeah. special free kick. And Michael Jacobs as well, Sam, another player uh, who in the summer there will be many question marks over. Will he remain at Fratton Park? Will he indeed move on as was perhaps intended uh, back in the summer transfer window of uh, or this season, just gone back in 2021? Michael Jacobs undoubtedly um, one of Pompey's best outlets in terms of going forward. But fans have their concerns over his fitness and his injury concerns. He was talking to the local press after the game on Friday. He feels that maybe his lack of game time this season is unjustified. And but you know perhaps he could offer a lot more to this team going forwards. Obviously, we'd love to have the caliber of player that Michael Jacobs can bring in this team in League One next season. But from a fan's perspective, Sam, would you would you like to keep him at the club next season, or would you like to go for someone? who we can rely on a bit more in terms of fitness. I think with Michael Jacobs, it's, it's very frustrating purely because the injury record isn't isn't the best in the world. I think he, he, he misses as much time as he plays. Um, and I think as a fan, that's something which, which is incredibly frustrating because sort of like Henry said, you look at that free kick yesterday and that's what he can do on the pitch and that's what he brings when he is fit. Um, and when he's been on the pitch, he's probably been one of our best performers this season. Mm. But it's just getting him on that pitch. I think the... If you look at the, the the amount of time he's been here and how many games he's played, it doesn't really correspond. And I think he, he's he's very much a luxury player to have in that squad because you know that he, he's not going to play every minute of every game. And if he did, he probably w- probably wouldn't be playing at League One level. Um, if if we had him at, at had him next season, I think the contract which I which I'd be looking to be put on putting on the table is is something similar to what we've done with uh, Louis Thompson. Not 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 in the sense of a pay as you play, but sort of give him give him the goal and assist bonuses, sort of. If he plays and meets the sort of the targets, maybe get a, get a bit more money then. But I think that the wage has to come down if he's going to be staying here. Um, I think I think he's probably right. I think he's, he's he's fit well in the system and he's he has adapted well and he sort of made that number ten position his own between the host between the two strikes which Danny Cowley likes to play. Um, I'd like to see him back at Fran Park next season, just just more on the pitch than than on the on the treatment table. Yeah. Uh, just over 60 seconds later, Henry, that goal from Michael Jacobs in his 68th minute. But on the 70th minute, uh, Teddy Bishop brought one back for Lincoln City. An assist uh, from a Brook 
Norton Cuffey on the right-hand side, a player who will come on to the goal, will come on to talk about the reaction that the Imps gave on Friday afternoon. But Brooke Norton Cuffey, a fantastic performance and probably their standout player, certainly someone that Pompey had to try and keep quiet, but someone they you know, ultimately did struggle to do so. And then you think, don't you, tune it up, thinking, sure it up. <laughs> and then you can see you're thinking, oh, no, here we go again. Um, but, I mean, credit to, where credit's due, because Lincoln could easily, at, at that point, have just, in their predicament in terms of the season, they could have easily have just said, OK, look, enough's enough. But, you know, credit to them, they, they came out, they came back out fighting, never say die at you, which, in fairness, you'd expect from a Michael Appleton team. And they put Bobby under the sword straight away from conceding and, and as they say, the saying goes, you're most prone to concede when you score. And that certainly was certainly was true there. And then at that point, that that was one of the key tests of character was that 2-1, try not concede the next one. I, I know we did, but that's, you know, suddenly you're going from a position where you're quite comfortable to a position where you're now really vulnerable. The momentum swings the other way. It goes back in, in Lincoln's direction because you've just conceded straight from scoring. And, and I think there's no bigger ascendancy switch in football than when you concede straight from scoring. And, and it, it certainly felt for a, for a 10 minute period in, in that second half, that was definitely the case. Yeah. And uh, just to make matters a little bit worse, Henry mentioned there that Pompey did end up conceding that that next goal on Friday, Sam. And the goal scorer for that uh, was 22-year-old forward Ben House, who has only been at Lincoln since January. He signed from Eastleigh uh, in the middle of the transfer window. Um, played four minutes against Burton back in January, uh, not in the squad for the next game, played 16 minutes in one minute and hasn't been on the squad or hasn't actually come onto the field of play since uh, the, the 12th of February. Comes on against Pompey on the 15th, so that is, what, two months later. Hasn't scored a goal for Lincoln yet. And within, what, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, Ben House opens his account um, after a, a grand total of playing for Lincoln of what, about half an hour in total, and and he scored his first goal. Yeah, typical Pompey, really, isn't it? Uh, someone who's he's played that little football and, and and not scored for Lincoln comes on and scores straight away. I think I'd rather that he scored than John Marquis. If I'm being completely honest with you, Absolutely. Um, yeah. I think every, every Pompey fan had that that nightmare before kick off, knowing that. Oh, if John Marquis scores, I think he's probably going to give it big into the fratten end. So I'm just glad that it wasn't him, if I'm being completely honest. Um, I think, yeah, I think Lincoln Lincoln didn't didn't look too bad going forward. I think um, I think we were linked with with the other striker. They had um, Cullen from from Swansea, and he he looks a bit of a handful as well. Which which um, I say you can see why the Cowleys were after him in in January before he went to Lincoln. Um, but yeah, I say it's it was it's it, that I think that. That sort of spell yesterday where we went 2-0 up to then concede two goals in, in less than 10 minutes, I think, sums up the season a little bit, if I'm being honest. Um, sort of do all the hard work and then gets undone. Very, very inconsistent and a bit streaky. But So I'm glad we got over the line. Yeah, uh, Ronan Curtis did get Pompey over the line in the 82nd minute, Henry. Uh, it was a strike from Sean Raggett, who we heard from uh, in the first part of the show, just inside the box. And the goalkeeper spilled it straight to Ronan Curtis from, what, a yard, two yards out? For him to thump home the winner to make it 3-2 in Pompey's favour. Renan Curtis has been on the pitch for a grand total at that time of six minutes uh, in the right place at the right time to provide Pompey the winner. The sort of enthusiasm, the sort of energy and, and the 
know, the will and the fight that Pompey have been lacking over the last couple of weeks. We've seen on Tuesday, we saw on Friday, and was further em- emphasised by that winner from Ronan Curtis o- o- on Friday afternoon. That's the that's the improvement we've seen from his side over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and I want to thank you for taking the words straight out of my mouth there as well, with right place, right time. <laughs> but yeah, as you say, I mean, and again, in these types of games where both teams kind of know the reality of of where they're going to be. Sometimes those games can just peter out, can't they? How many times have we seen these types of end of season games just kind of settle to to a two two? Not not for any any lack of trying, just sometimes it, it just it naturally happens that way. But Pompey made sure they forced the issue. And I think the one thing we've we've sometimes said here is sometimes just have a go, gamble, you know, have a shot on goal. That's what Raggett did, because sometimes if the keeper fumbles, you just never know where it's going to land. And that was an example there. That, you know, has a shot, carried away, and Roland Curtis instinctively, right place, right time, knows where to be, and it was it was easy, it was harder to miss than, than it was to score. So, you know, credit where, where credit's due. There, there was a never say die attitude, um, and as I say, in, in a game that can, in a lot of circumstances, kind of kind of peter out and, and kind of die a death. Pompey made sure they forced the issue. You know, they they kept going for it, they kept going for the juggler, and they got their just awards in the end. Yeah. Uh, 81400 is our text number if you want to get involved tonight let us know all of your thoughts from Friday's 3-2 win over Lincoln City as well as your score prediction for tomorrow's trip to Morecambe as well you can email Pompey at expressfm.com tweet using at expressfm or find us on Facebook facebook.com forward slash Pompey live right before we go any further with tonight's show let's hear the post-match thoughts of Danny Cowley after Pompey's 3-2 victory over Lincoln City on Friday afternoon Max Watton caught up with the gaffer on the touchline after the full-time whistle first asking for him to sum up his emotions after a frantic second half yeah well it's uh, it's a brilliant win for us we were nowhere near our best but when you play Tuesday and spend the energy that we did um, to go and have to play again 148 hours later required an incredible effort from the from the players and yeah we suffered a lot in that game but we um, showed a lot of character a lot of determination a lot of grit a lot of resilience and when you can't be perfect technically and tactically make sure you um, you leave it all out there and we did that and yeah as a consequence we found a way of winning that's six goals in the last two how pleased are you with the turnaround since last Saturday yeah, we're, we're, we're pleased with, with the two results, definitely. Um, like I said today, I thought we had a good way into the game and got good control and then um, had, a, had to make a sub and enforce change and um, probably, yeah, back into the first half. I lost our way a little bit, then got in at half-time and made, managed to change a few things tactically and I thought we'd come out with much more purpose, uh, much more much more um, yeah much more impetus in our play and uh, started to play in their half and started to win the ball back high up the pitch and, and cause them a lot of problems and we we got ourselves uh, a really good place in the game at 2-0 up um, two two good goals I mean Michael Jacobs goal is a, is a fantastic fantastic free kick and and yeah then we, we didn't make it easy for ourselves and you know they found two goals, brought it back to two all, and you, you, we knew that we were going to find the last 20 minutes difficult with, with, the, with the schedule that we've had. Um, but for the players to, to dig deep um, and, and find a way was, was really impressive. 
you touched on it briefly then. What was the message at half-time? Because, like you say, we dropped off slightly just after half an hour, but came out in the second half out of the blocks. Yeah, we just wanted to be a little bit more purposeful with our play. They were sitting in a mid-block, um, and, and we just felt that we'd been a little bit too slow. Our first pass had gone sideways, had gone backwards, and it kept allowing them to get 11 faces behind the ball. And we know that the, hard, that the hardest defence to... To, to attack is, is one where they have all of their players between the, the ball and the goal so it was just for us to find the forward pass more quickly and play with a little bit more purpose and uh, I think when we do that in, our, in possession then if we do lose it we're very good in the counter press moment and, and we're, we're able to hit the ball back quickly and, and then go to their goal and yeah that, that, that period after the second half uh, at the beginning of the second half probably won us the game um, Having said that, yeah, when you do get pegged back to two all, for the players to show the character to find a way was really pleasing. Danny Cowley there speaking after Friday's victory over Lincoln City. Uh, Sam, just going back to the game on Friday, of course, and I want to go back to the 12th minute because that was when Joe Morrell uh, came off the field of play with an injury. We heard from Danny Cowley there it was a dead leg and uh, quite a severe one of that as well, one that had to force Joe Morrell off a pitch on Friday afternoon. And it was actually the second time that Morrell went down after he'd gone down in the first five minutes or so. Um, right to take him off, of course, to, to try and save him for Monday, if not the remainder of the season. A very key player in this squad. But certainly in terms of replacements, in terms of the availability Pompey have got on the bench to bring on, Ryan Tunnicliffe, not a bad option. No, definitely not. I think Ryan Tunnicliffe was was excellent the first part of the season, and if if that's your backup central midfielder, I think I think you're going to be pushed to find a better one in in League One. I think he's like I sort of mentioned earlier on with the um, with Michael Jay because I think Ryan Tunnicliffe's been quite unlucky this year with with the amount of football which he's missed through injury. Um, I think he started started the season excellently, and it was it was. Yeah, it was a shame to sort of see see that momentum derailed by the injury which he had. But I think I think he's been solid since he's come in. I think he's not had too many poor games. Um, I was relatively impressed with him. Um, I think I think he was one of the the only sort of brightish sparks in, in the Cheltenham game um, last weekend. I think yeah, I think I think there's wor- there's worse worse players to have. Um, but so I'm glad that it wasn't too serious for Joe Morrell because I think everyone inside Fratton Park was like, oh no, not again. Because I think he's been excellent this season. Um, and I think yeah, he's he's probably in the conversation play of the season but I'm just glad that it's, it's not going to be a long term issue Yeah, uh, We do expect Joe Morrell to be back for tomorrow's trip to Morecambe hopefully but if not like Sam said there it's not a long term injury and uh, should definitely be back for next Saturday's uh, home fixture. Henry of course in the second half as well, Louis Thompson made way for Sean Williams, that wasn't necessarily an injury, maybe a bit of fatigue creeping in for Louis Thompson, I know there's been a lot of question marks over him this season his fitness concerns, his injury reoccurrences but again as Sam is, is emphasising there as many fans are saying on social media perhaps Pompey's midfield is their, their better backed up area of the pitch at the moment you've got Joe Morrell Louis Thompson Ryan Tunnicliffe the experience in Sean Williams as well it's not necessarily an area which Danny Carley needs to desperately improve in the summer transfer window and also I think when you look at the rigorous schedule coming up as well resting the toast is also a, a massive thing as well and Actually, Friday, Monday is effectively a Saturday, Tuesday, just with different days in. So knowing that you've got a big game on Monday, I mean, the fact as well that they'll be they'll probably travel up today, Easter Sunday, um, obviously to get get up to Morecambe because we know what the roads could be like on a on a bank holiday weekend. So you know, there's a long trip to make on a bank holiday weekend. 
um let's say because it'll take much longer to get up there um there's gonna be more people about you know probably the team hotel that they'd be staying at there's probably gonna be more people around mm. things like that so it just it just becomes a it just becomes a busier and chaotic's not the right word but you kind of know the lines and kind of going down in terms of traveling away long distance on, on a weekend like this um I've never never worked on an overnight capacity for for an away game over Easter, but we've done a couple of Easter Mondays where we travelled up to Kent and things like that. And and just doing that, you know, twenty five gets jammed. You know, when you're stopping, you know, there's people everywhere. Just everything about it just becomes more busy and more rigorous and things like that. And and it may sound like silly, trivial things, but it it all plays up. So I say the Easter weekend could be a grueling one. Uh, both in terms of on the pitch, both in terms of off the pitch. Obviously, they'll be, they won't be around their families for Easter as well. That could be another factor to, uh, to, to kind of put in, you know, obviously on top of everything else. So, you know, these these, these are tough weekends for for managers to kind of judge, to to manage, to to get right. So I think in that scenario, and I know I've kind of gone around the houses to kind of give this answer, but uh, rest and rotation. I think this weekend, as much as any any weekend, in, in terms of the the quick turnaround in matches, yeah, I think I think is uh, is absolutely key. So to take a couple of midfielders off, you've got that strength and depth. It's something I think you've got to do. Mm, absolutely, uh, Harry Wood on Twitter: a three-two home victory against Lincoln. Thank God for Ronan Curtis coming on and getting the winner at two-all. I thought we'd thrown it away after very poor defending, but Curtis came up with the winner after coming off a bench. Happy with the results, but the performance could have been a little bit better. But at least Cowley did a double over his former side this season, and we kept Marquis quiet on his Fratton return. Play up Pompey, uh, Harry Wood there on Twitter. Right then, hold your thoughts, lads, and keep getting your texts and tweets into us from back home. Pompey fans, all of the usual ways, if you don't know them by now, can be found on our website, expressfm.com. But three of us will be back in just a few moments' time to take a look ahead to tomorrow's Easter Monday action. Pompey travelled to Morecambe in match day number 42 of their League One campaign. Join us again in just a few minutes for the continuation and the conclusion of tonight's edition of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Welcome along for the third and final time tonight to the Football Hour, driven to you by Stagecoach South. Download the app today from either the Apple app or Google Play Store to locate your nearest stop and even prepay for your ride. More to come from Henry and Sam very shortly. But first, we begin to take a look ahead to tomorrow's Easter Monday action. Pompey travelled to the Mazuma Stadium in Lancashire to take on Morecambe. And here's all you need to know about the Shrimps. After another win on Good Friday, the Blues remain mathematically in the running for a top six finish this season. Next up, the Easter weekend of football comes to its conclusion with a trip to the Mazuma Stadium on offer for Danny Cowley's side. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. Pompey looked to be hitting form just a little too late in the season to salvage a potential promotion push, but they look set to fight until the end, no matter what. Let's take a dive into the opposition for this season's Easter Monday fixture, Morecambe. Manager. The Shrimps are managed by former Plymouth Argyle boss Derek Adams, who led the Pilgrims to promotion from League Two in the same season as Pompey back in 2017. Adams was relieved of his duties at Home Park in April 2019, with the side heading back down to the fourth tier, finding work again just over four months later when Morecambe came knocking, succeeding the long-serving Jim Bentley in November 2019. He had gone on to take charge of non-league outfit AFC Fylde. 
Back to Adams, the now 46-year-old enjoyed success in his second season at Morecambe, winning promotion to League One for the first time in the club's history, following a 1-0 win over Newport County in the 2021 League Two playoff final at Wembley. Although three days later, Adams bizarrely left Morecambe to pursue other opportunities, taking charge of Bradford City on June the 4th. That didn't last as long as both parties had hoped after signing a three-year contract. He was dismissed in February of this year, with the Bantams struggling in 12th. A week later, and he was back at Morecambe, presumably to finish off what he'd started before jumping ship for Bradford in the first place. One to watch. This week, we're advising you keep a close eye on Morecambe's number 17, Jonah Ayunga. The Kenyan forward, who represented local non-league side Haven to Waterlooville between 2018 and 2020, made the big move into the Football League in 2020, linking up with Bristol Rovers when they were still in League One. Ayunga only scored twice for the Gas during his singular season at the club, in which he made 30 appearances in total. Both goals, you guessed it, came against Pompey in a 3-1 defeat for the Blues at the Memorial Stadium last February. This term, the former Hawk striker returned to the third tier with newly promoted Morecambe and has since found the back of the net on five occasions. Top scorer. Morecambe's top scorer this season is also leading the rest of the division. Cole Stockton's 23 league strikes are more than anyone else has been able to conjure up. Sunderland's Ross Stewart follows closely in second on 22 goals with Will Keane and Alfie May joint third with 21. Stockton, who is now 28 years of age, has found the back of the net in each of his last four games, having also played every minute of said matches. Overall, since signing for the Shrimps from Tranmere Rovers for his third spell at the club back in the summer of 2019, Stockton has bagged 35 goals from 95 outings. He was recently linked with a move to PO4 in the summer, but Blues head coach Danny Cowley was quick to dismiss the rumour to the local press. Current form. Understandably, Morecambe were one of the favourites for relegation before a board being kicked this season, but they've proven to be a tough opponent for many in League One. They come into this game with Pompey off the back of a 3-2 win at Charlton on Good Friday, as well as three victories from their last four matches. In the table, with just three games left to play for Derek Adams' side, Morecambe sit 19th with 41 points, three clear of the drop zone, although Lancashire rivals Fleetwood and 21st do have a game in hand. This year's relegation battle is looking set to go right down to the wire. So will the Blues make it three wins in a row and potentially, miraculously, keep alive their seemingly dying hopes of a top six finish? Or will Morecambe take one step closer to survival? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. A closer look there into tomorrow afternoon's opponents, Morecambe, who Pompey face uh, away from home at the Mazuma Stadium. Three o'clock kickoff there, and we'll start our coverage here on Pompey Live from two o'clock. Myself, Robbie James, and Pompey women's head coach, Jay Sadler joins us for all of the action there. Uh, just before we do come on to preview that game in a little bit more detail, Sam, we'll, we'll end uh, on Friday's coverage and talk about the fact that, yes, Pompey got the win. It was a, it was a decent performance. It could have been better. Um, but the fight and the enthusiasm are two words which we've been highlighting all show. But there were opportunities for Lincoln to make matters even worse. I think it was 2-0. Uh, George Hurst had an opportunity, 1-1 one one with a goalkeeper, and uh, and that was fluffed. There's an opportunity, I think, at 2-1 as well. Aidan O'Brien, similar position, 1-1 one one with the goalkeeper, made a save, and Gavin Bazunu had to tip onto his crossbar to deny uh, Lincoln another goal there. So Lincoln, they, they had the chances, Sam, and it could have been worse for Pompey, and Pompey, at times, had, for, had to ride their luck a little bit. Yeah, that's it. I think that that second half was 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 a bit mental to be honest with you. It was almost like a basketball game. It was just 
both teams throwing hammer and tong at each other, just back and forth, back and forth. And I think if if it if it was played for another twenty minutes, I think there would have been another goal or two. Um, I think yeah, it was just both teams sort of threw caution to the wind and just 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 went for it. Um, which is it was effectively two mid-table teams slugging it out to sort of just just put on a show in the second half. Um, and yeah, I think without Gavin Bazunu, it probably would have been worse. And I think I think it was Conor McGrandles as well from from the rebound put it over the top of the Milton end. So. Yeah, it could have gone. From, it could have gone from bad to worse. But I think, like I said, it was. Just, it just turned into a bit of a basketball game where yeah. both teams were just were just throwing everything at each other. Just under ten minutes remaining for you back home to get in touch with the show this evening. All the usual ways. Eight one four hundred is our text number. Start your messages with the word Express and include your name at the end of those as well. You can include at Express FM if you fancy sending a tweet in. Pompey at expressfm.com is our email address, and of course, there's facebook.com forward slash. Pompey live. The reason we keep uh, we keep reading out those interaction methods, guys, is because we just don't want Henry to get as much airtime as he so desperately craves. Henry, do we? Really? No, you, you get no, enough. but uh, yeah, I mean, I got yeah, I suppose not as much <laughs> as you might. No, it's been a busy week. Uh, Friday. Can we get someone else? Can we just get someone else to read out the interaction so we don't hear you as much either? Brilliant. Should we just have a, like a just shut us both up week where yeah. we just. Well, that, that's coming soon. I've, I think you know we've got a two-month period at the end of the season when when there's no football. The, the, the listeners get that, Henry. So I don't think we should do that. But you're back on Wednesday, I believe, over the white line. Indeed. So unfortunately, yes, that's more airtime for me. What's coming up on your show? <laughs> I, I, I was being horrible, but I was, I was doing it to be nice. I want, I want to ask you what's coming up on your show, Henry. <laughs> well, we've um, so it's going to be the, well. Yesterday was the end of the Wessex League season. Plenty of um, stories. We'll be wrapping that up. Um, we'll see, obviously, how Haven't get on tomorrow against Eastbourne uh, in the National League South. Obviously, Gospel coming towards the end of their season. So we're kind of at that point in the year where we're being a bit reflective. And then, um, so we've got that next week. And then the week after, we've got our Portsmouth Senior Cup final special. Gospel play Moneyfields over at Baffins uh, next Wednesday night. So we've got a little special uh, looking ahead to that. So we're kind of getting towards the end of the season now. So we're going to be very reflective uh, mood before we head over to our summer break. Lovely stuff. Henry Deacon on Over the White Line this Wednesday evening from 6 through until 7. OK, back to uh, all of the Pompey action then. We're going to start to preview uh, tomorrow's game in a little bit more detail. We just heard uh, a bit more about the opposition. Morecambe there. Sam, it goes without saying, you, you've got to talk about him. Cole Stockton with uh, 23 league goals this season. An incredible return. And Pompey have got some task on their hands tomorrow to try and keep him quiet. Yeah, I think this season he's, he's he's caught fire a little bit, hasn't he? I think looking at sort of his his record prior to this season, he's been very underwhelming. I think that might be a bit harsh on him, but I say before this season, it was I think his his highest highest season was was thirteen goals. So yeah, I think it will be a job to keep him quiet. We know he's the main man, and, and looking at some of the goals he scored this season, it's 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 not just within the six yard box; it's pretty much in, anywhere on the pitch. But yeah, I think it's it's going to be an interesting one tomorrow. But I think. It's, yeah, I I think I think we can keep Cole, Cole Stockton quiet. I think he's given given some some good teams the run around this season. But thankfully, when we played him earlier on in the season, he he didn't get too much joy. And I'm just hoping that Sean Raggett, Hayden Carter, and whoever else plays at centre half with him is going to keep him quiet and can can mark him out the game. Yeah, two lapses of concentration on Friday to concede two goals to Lincoln City, uh, Henry. But really going off the back of what Sam is saying, they're confident that maybe Pompey's defence can keep Cole Stockton quiet tomorrow afternoon are you also sharing that same confidence because if you look statistically 
Gavin Bazunu is currently on course to get the Golden Glove in League One this season for clean sheets. And defensively, Pompey are one of the best sides in the division. So there is a there is some sort of justification behind that confidence, despite how threatening Cole Stockton is is proven to be this season. Absolutely, absolutely, and we we know that Danny Cowley will pinpoint him as the the one man to look out for. But obviously, that can also be a dangerous game because if you're if you're pinpointing one man, and look, he rightly deserves to be the man that everybody looks out as the danger man completely. But of course, that also means that maybe one or two others may may think, well, if they're marking him at the game, maybe I'll get my chance today. Maybe, you know, if I get myself in the right position at the right time, there might be some holes that, that open up. So always beware when you when you play that kind of beast. But as you say, there, there is a defensive solidity there. Um, it's been there all season. Uh, I think it's, it's a weird one when we get, get to this time of the season because there's sometimes teams that... Ha- haven't got much to play for so sometimes the games can they can either be very very cagey or they could be very open and i think we're kind of entering that stage of the season now where we don't quite know what what we're going to get um so yeah i think it'd be interesting to see as you say gambazine is in for the golden glove defensively it's been solid most of the time of course it's been one or two occasions but that happens with every team um but you'd like to think there's enough confidence within the team back-to-back victories that yeah, they, they, they can keep them quiet. It's, it's all about the consistency now and, and try and build that into into next season. Yeah, and I mentioned it in this week's opposi- opposition as well, Henry, unlikely to start, but Morecambe do have another striker within their ranks, uh, former Hawks forward Jonah Ayunga. Uh, and Pompey know all about him because, again, as I mentioned in that feature just now, two goals for Bristol Rovers last season, both against Pompey in the same game, in a 3-1 defeat at the Memorial Stadium. So, not necessarily, Henry, a, a man that Morecambe usually kind of rely upon in terms of goal scoring. He's got five this season, but when it comes comes to playing Pompey and, and, and his history with having to Waterlooville, you can bet your money, but if he comes off a bench, he, he's someone that the back line, as well as Cole Stockton, have also got to keep an eye on. Absolutely, and um, one thing about Jonah as well, I had the privilege of working, from, working with him for... For, for a couple of times over the years is, is the nicest guy as well so he deserves the the break that he's got he's been quite unlucky this season with injuries um it's kind of been the one thing that's kind of really stopped him going up to that next level has been injuries so i'm hoping that he he sorts it out because he's he's a he's a great player but also off, off the pitch a great person as well and and joan is one of those players that he has that little bit of a glint in his eye, you know. He's he's very quiet, keeps himself to himself. When it comes to game day, and it's games like this, he'll he'll have that little eye, you know, that eye of the tiger one, and thinking, you know what? Yeah, I'd like to prove a point. Score against a score against a side that know a lot about me, and not history because I'd say obviously he, he played for Haven, but you know where yeah. where I'm coming from. So if he does get on the pitch, then oh, don't worry, he'll, he'll have the eye for it. Most definitely have the eye for it. Absolutely. Okay, we are coming to the end of tonight's show. Unfortunately, time has absolutely flown by here on the Football Hour. Time to get in some score predictions. Steve on Facebook is going for a 2-1 Pompey win. Cole Stockton inevitably going to score. Yeah, I I don't think I can really disagree with that one. Steve, thank you for getting in touch. Uh, John on the text says that 3-1 Pompey and uh, Roger is also going for 3-1 Blues win as well. But what do the guys uh, alongside me this evening think? We're going to start with Mr. Henry Deacon. Pompey at Morecambe tomorrow afternoon. Will it be a third win in a row and will it be uh, a perfect end to what has been on Express FM this week, uh, this weekend, the Victory Years weekend? Will it be another victory for Pompey? 
I'm going to go. I think there's goals. I'm going to go three two Pompey. Three two Pompey. Another one of them. Another one, yeah. Yeah. Nervy, but at, at least it's three points. Uh, Sam Macy, what do you reckon? I think Morecambe are going to be scrapping for their lives. I think they're going to make it tough for us. Uh, I'm going to go two one Pompey. Two one Pompey. Okay. Uh, for the record, then I'm going to go for. I'm going to go three one. Uh, split down the middle, both of you. Henry's gone for three two. Sam's gone for two one. I've gone for a three one Pompey victory tomorrow uh, between Pompey and Morecambe at the Mazuma Stadium. Okay, that is the end of tonight's show. Henry Deacon, uh, our over the white line presenter, back on Wednesday from six. Henry, thank you for joining us. Pleasure as ever. And Sam Macy as well. It's been a pleasure to speak to you this evening. Thank you for calling in. No worries, Jay. Thanks for having me. Well, that's all from us tonight. Safe travels to all of the Pompey fans making the long journey up to Lancashire tomorrow. If you're not heading to the game, you can catch all of the unmissable action as Pompey take on Morecambe in League One right here on Express FM from two o'clock. All the unmissable action. This is... Pompey Live. It's back-to-back wins for Pompey after a thrilling 3-2 win versus Lincoln City. And now they've bagged six goals in their last two matches. It's bumbled, Curtis will put it in, and Pompey have the lead again. Pompey 3, Lincoln 2. Next up, a trip to Morecambe awaits on Easter Monday. Join us for all of the unmissable action tomorrow from 2. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. I will be live from the Mazuma Stadium tomorrow afternoon alongside Robbie James and Pompey women head coach Jay Sadler to find out if the Blues can record a third win in the space of just six days. The Football Hour will be back on Tuesday night to discuss all of Monday's action. I'll be here from the usual time of 6pm with Sam Carter and Mark McGee to go over what we hope to be another Pompey victory as well as to look ahead to the final three games of the season. If you missed any of tonight's show or any previous editions of the Football Hour, you can visit expressfm.com forward slash podcast to catch up on the show. And this evening's instalment will also be uploaded to that list within the next 20 minutes or so. Well, let's take a look at what's coming up for the rest of this evening here on Express FM. Then uh, Chris Pierce is on the way next with another chance for you to hear the biggest news stories from the week gone by from the people behind the headlines. Express This Week is here between 7 and 9. And then a groovy blend of 60s soul, R&B and beat with Hip Shaker from 9 through until 11 before the express wind down to end the day. The victory years continues and reaches its conclusion tomorrow. Brendan McCarthy will be here between 8 and 11am playing just great songs from the 70s, 80s and 90s before Connor Mosley rounds things off with girl bands versus boy bands between 11 and 2 right before our coverage here of Pompey's trip to Morecambe which by the way is of course a 3 o'clock kickoff. Well, thank you for listening, Blues fans. Enjoy the rest of your evening and the rest of your Easter holidays too. And I'll meet you back here on Express FM from 2 o'clock tomorrow. Take care, play out Pompey, and good night.